Thank you for joining the podcast of Clifton Baptist Church in Forest, Mississippi. Our prayer is that you will be blessed by a message from our pulpit today. Thank you for joining us, and may God bless you. The multitude of them that believed were of one heart and of one soul. Neither said any of them that aught of the things which he possessed was his own, but they had all things common. Verse 33, And with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. Let's pray together this morning. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray right now you take this word, Lord, that you would use it as you see fit. Father, that it would not be Addison up here speaking, but Lord, that you would just empty me and that you would fill me up with your presence. Lord, that you would fill me up with exactly what it is that we need to hear this morning. Lord, that you would fill me with exactly what it is that I need to hear this morning. Lord, may we all leave here today looking at the what-ifs of this year and knowing that knowing, knowing that you're going to do a mighty work. You're going to do a mighty work in this church this year. Lord, we love you. We thank you for all that you do for us and all that you continue to do. It's in your precious name that we pray. Amen. Well, again, a very simple question. What if? What if? And so I just want to take us through just a couple of questions this morning as we look at this upcoming year. And I want to ask you a couple of these questions. Uh, uh, I want to take this scripture to, to ask those to us. And I want us to focus on a couple of things this morning. The first question I want to ask you is what if this is the year of new beginnings? What if this is the year of new beginnings? And I spoke about this just a moment ago, how many of us use the new year as a time for a fresh start, right? A time for a fresh start. It's a clean slate. It's an opportunity for me to put the past behind me and to move on to what it is that this year will bring about. As I said, many will make resolutions. Many will break those resolutions. Um, Many will declare that things will be different this year. But many can declare that things will be different this year, but have no intention of things being different this year. My goal, my, my hope is that if I say something's going to be different this year, maybe I, maybe I make a, a, a goal or maybe I say uh, something for my family that something's going to be different this year. My hope is not just that I say those things, but that I actually fulfill and go through with those things. I hope that is you as well. Regardless of whether we're making a promise, regardless of whether we are reflecting on things from the previous year, no matter what, I think one word that can be centralized for the new year is focus. Focus. We're either focusing on the things that have just happened to us or we're focusing and preparing our mind for the things that are to come, right? Focus. Church, I want to, I want to remind you that our focus should always be on Jesus, Right? I know that's cliche for a pastor to say. I know that that's, that's what a pastor is supposed to say. But as a, not, 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 don't, don't allow me to just speak to you as a pastor right now. As a husband, as a father, as a pastor, as whatever vocation you partake in, as a family member, our focus, no matter where, no matter what, should always be on Jesus. When I look back at the previous year and I see the things that, that he's blessed me with and, and the things that he's, he's done for me, it's Jesus, right? My focus is on Jesus. It's not anything that Addison did, right? As I look forward to the things that I pray to come for this year and the blessings that will come, 
My focus is on Jesus, right? He's the only one that can fulfill those things. In Acts, we see new beginnings, right? That, that's kind of, uh, and, and, and I hope one time, one day we can, we can work through Acts and, and, and the growing of the church and the formation of the church early on. But we see in Acts, time and time again, a new beginning, especially for the early church. We know over in Acts chapter 2, and we've already looked at that, the, the, uh, the day of Pentecost, we know that that is a, a, a sort of new beginning for the church. And we see again here in Acts chapter 4, we see another new beginning for the early church. Now, the, the, the day of Pentecost, make no mistake, cannot be repeated, okay? It is one of a kind. But we do see a, 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 another new beginning that takes place in the early church here. So as we look at these questions, what if, I want to ask you, what may be your new beginning this year? I'm not talking about your silly little diets. I'm not talking about you, you know, whatever it is, you're going to uh, drink a whole gallon of water a day. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about, you know, how much money you're going to save this year. Good luck with that. Those are not the things I'm asking you. I'm asking you in Acts chapter 16, verse 31, maybe this is the year that you receive Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. Maybe you're sitting here this morning, you're lost. Maybe you've never put your faith, you've never put your trust in Him. Maybe this is the year that that happens. Maybe today is the day that that happens, I pray. Maybe in Revelation chapter 2, verses 4 through 5, as, as, as Revelation tells us, maybe this is the year you return to your first love. Maybe you've gotten away from your first love, as Scripture tells us. As Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2 tells us, maybe... This is the year that you stop looking back and start looking up. I promise you, you look back, you'll find a grudge, you'll find something to look back and hang on to back there, right? You, anybody can, right? Anybody can look back and find something to hold a grudge about, find something to be mad about, find something that will cause you to not speak to somebody. Anybody can do that looking back. Maybe Hebrews chapter 12, maybe this is the year you stop looking back and start looking up. What is... What may be your new beginning this year? So not only do I ask you, what if this is the year of new beginnings? I want to ask you this second question this morning. What if this is the year your prayers are answered? What if this is the year your prayers are answered? Maybe you have a matter of prayer in your life. Look, look back at verse 31 with me. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken. When they had prayed, they made it a matter of prayer. Anything, anything, church, hear me, anything that we do at this church will only be as successful as how much we pray about it. Period. We will not have a, we will not have a successful vacation Bible school if we don't carry it in prayer. We will not have a successful men's ministry or ladies' ministry if we do not carry it in prayer. We will not have a successful outreach if we do not pray for those around us. And listen, I'm guilty of every one of those. Check mark, four for four. I've been guilty many a times of just praying for the people in my church. I don't need to just pray for the people in my church. Hey, but listen, praying for the people in your church is great, but that, that, that's not the only people we pray for. 
What if this is the year that your prayers are answered? See, the early church faced a lot of opposition, right? Faced a lot of opposition that, quite frankly, we don't know anything about because we don't face much opposition, if we're being completely honest. So when this opposition came about, what did they do? They prayed, right? They prayed. They didn't shut down. They didn't say, hey, I think we should just, you know, cancel Sunday night service. That's not what they did. They got together and said, hey, we're going to pray about it. We're going to pray. What, what, I, it, it, you know, I, what drives me crazy, listen, I'm going I'm to I'm rant here for just a minute. This is something that drives me crazy. You know, go, going through uh, when I surrendered to ministry and, 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 and had my first church and was praying and and. And every pastor wants the church to grow and they want them to flourish and, and all those things. And I begin to realize there are thousands upon thousands upon thousands of books out there that will tell you how to grow a church. They'll tell you what you need to do. They'll tell you what you need to not do. They will tell you uh, uh, what you need to preach if you, if you want a big church, you need to preach this. If you want a larger church, your music needs to look like this. It da 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 on and on. All these books. And what drives me crazy is that very few of them, and I stopped reading them because they're, most of them are garbage, but almost every one of them that, I, that, that I've read, none of them say pray. Not one of them. They don't say pray. They don't say pray for lost people. They say, no, you know, your, your carpet needs to be this color. You need to rip your pews out and put chairs in. You need to dim the lights. You need to put the 80 inches on the, on the wall. You need to have a choir. You need to do this. You need to do that. You need to have a program for this. You need to have a program for that. You need to have a program for this. No, no, no. You need to pray. Now, now, hear me, hear me. If your programs come out of prayer, that's good. If, if you pray about something and the Lord leads you to do something out of that prayer, that's great. That's perfect. But to just say, ah, I think we're going to start up a quilting ministry, you know, or to say, hey, I think we're going to do this, or I think we're going to do that. Well, did, did we pray about it? Do we feel like that? No. So, so anyways, my rant's over, okay? I, I just say those things to say, the main focus of any church, the main focus of, of, of our church, the main focus of your pastor, the main focus of what I hope your family is, is to pray. To pray. I know that sounds so simple, but I promise you, church, when we begin to pray like we should pray, and I think everybody can be honest in this room this morning and say, you know, I probably don't pray like I should. And the reason I can be honest and tell you that is because I see the world around us and I see it getting busier and busier, and busier, and busier. And so when I see the world getting busier and busier, what I see is prayer life shrinking, shrinking, shrinking. But when we begin to pray like we should pray, like the, like the Word tells us to pray, when prayer becomes an emphasis in our life, things will start happening. Things that no book can explain. Lives will begin to be changed. 
Church, I want to ask you, you know, it says when they prayed, what happened? The place was shaken. The place was shaken. And it wasn't shaken because they had their base turned up on their subwoofers, okay? The place was shaken because they had prayed. They had prayed. The place was shaken because people's lives were changing. The place was shaken because God was doing things that only God can do. So I ask you, church, what if this is the year that your prayers are answered? Maybe you've got something right here, right now, that you've been praying about fervently. You've been praying and praying and praying. Maybe this is the year your prayers are answered. What if this is the year that your children or your spouse come to know Jesus Christ? Pray for it. Pray for it. What if this is the year that you conquer and overcome that fear that you have? Pray for it. What if this is the year that God restores your health? Pray for it. What if this is the year that God restores your marriage? Pray for it. What if this is the year that God restores a friendship or a broken family? Pray for it. So church, not only what if this is the year of new beginnings, not only what if this is the year that your prayers are answered, but thirdly today I want to ask you, what if this is the year of revival in our church? What if this is the year of revival in our church? Can I tell you the number one reason why churches don't have revival? Now this is going to blow some of your mind. I'm, I, some of you are not going to like this. Okay, just go ahead and just get you. You remember uh, when COVID first come out? Maybe they didn't do this here, but some people in Tennessee, they bought these like uh, face shield things. They weren't even masks. They were just like the full face shield. And, the, and then they had like the little windshield wipers on them, you know? <laughs> people that, y'all know? Yeah, maybe I had to, I wish I had a PowerPoint. I'd show you one of those bad boys. They were, they were something else. But, the reason why churches don't see revival, the reason why the number one reason why revivals don't happen in the church, here we go, you ready for this? Churches don't want revival. Churches don't want it. They don't want revival. They don't want people to come into their church that don't look like them, that don't dress like them, that don't talk like them, that don't have the background that they have. They don't, they don't want people, people's lives to be changed because then we might have to make a decision on, well, you know, do we let this person teach Sunday school or do we let them do this or do we let them do that or, you know, are we just going welcome to them, welcome them in or are we going to take them in or are we going to counsel them first or are we going to do this or are we going to do that? Churches don't want revival. That's why revivals don't happen. If, listen to me, church. If we wanted revival... Listen to me. Tell, answer me this. If a church wanted revival, okay, and they prayed for revival, why wouldn't God send revival? If the church wanted revival and the church prayed for revival, hear me, church, why wouldn't they have revival? The answer is we're not praying for revival like we should. 
Myself included. Hey, that should be the top of my list. Lord, I, I want you. I if I want you to change lives today. Lord, I want you to set a fire amongst us today. What if this is the year of revival in our church? Look back at verses 31, 32. We see that when they prayed, the place was shaken, right? But then we also see in 31, they were filled with the Holy Ghost. They were filled with the Holy Ghost. One thing that made the early church withstand some of the opposition was not just the prayer, but it was also that during the time of opposition, they stood together. They stood together. You know what you don't see here? I'm, while we're at it, while we're making people mad, let's just make them all mad today, okay? You know what you didn't see here in Acts chapter 4? Nobody got mad in church split. They didn't get mad and say, well, I think I'll just run over here. No, it says they prayed. Okay, so they started with prayer. The place was shaken. They assembled together. Okay, so they said, hey, we need to get together. All right. Then what happened? They were all, all filled, right, with the Holy Ghost. They were all filled. So many, what baffles me, what baffles me is that some congregates in the church believe that it is the pastor's job to see growth in the church. And I'm not saying that it's not the pastor's job, but what I am saying is that it's not the pastor's job alone. It's not just the pastor's job. You notice here in the early church it said they were all filled. Hey, it takes every one of us, right? It takes all of us. Why does it take all of us? It takes all of us because y'all know people that I don't know. I, hey, listen, I know I, I hadn't been here that long, but I know some people y'all don't know, okay? That may shock you. You're like, I know everybody. Let me take, my wife knows a lot of people that I don't know, okay? Every day she comes home, she says, hey, I went down to the library today. I invited this lady to come to church, you know? Hey, I went down to so-and-so today, invited her to come to church. Listen, just because you invite somebody to church, that don't mean they're going to come. That don't mean they're going to come. But you know what else? They definitely ain't coming if you don't ask them. You say, well, I don't want to ask them. They may not come. Well, if you don't ask them, they're for sure not coming. So what difference does it make? You might as well ask them, right? Might as well. No, you're not hurting anything. But what if this is the year of revival in our church? We see that they were all filled. We see they were with one heart, one soul, right? It takes every one of us. Just imagine if your pastor every day, think about this, if your pastor every day prayed for revival in our church, if I prayed for revival every single day in our church, think about that. Now, Think about what if every person in this room prayed for revival in our church every day. What would happen? I can tell you what would happen because I've seen it in my life. The moment you begin to pray for revival, the moment you begin to pray for opportunity, you know what happens? God will put somebody in front of you that you need to talk to. God will put somebody in front of you that you need to invite. God will, God will make sure... <laughs> that, that you will get every opportunity to test out what you've been praying. 
You'll get the chance. What I love about here in Acts chapter 4 is, uh, and this is, this is maybe the mentality that we have today, and, and, and I say we because I include myself in this. But sometimes I think when it comes to revival, our mentality is, well, let me wait around and see. Let me look around. When everybody else starts to catch fire, maybe I'll catch a little flame, right? And so what happens is everybody's looking around, waiting on somebody else to do something. And in reality, everybody just needs to just do it themselves, right? There was a sense of unity. Revival could make this a year of reconciliation. Revival could make this a year where some barriers are knocked down in our spiritual lives. Revival could make this a year that we build some walls and restore some gates like we talked about in Nehemiah, right? What if this is the year of revival in our church? Next question I have for you. What if this is the year of evangelism? What if this is the year of evangelism? Verse 33. And with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And great grace was upon them all. You say, well, I don't know how to witness to someone. And let me tell you something. There's nothing wrong with this. But there are 10,000 books on this too, okay? How to witness to somebody. I, I can tell you, let me tell you, I, I can tell you in one step, I don't even have to write a book. I don't have to get a publisher for this. I don't have to get anybody to buy my book. I, in one step, I can tell you how to witness to somebody. It tells us right here, Jesus. That's it. Done. Jesus. Period. You say, well, I don't know what to say. Tell them what Jesus has done for you. Tell them what you've seen him do. Tell them about Jesus. You say, well, I, I, don't, I don't know what to say about Jesus. Well, then we got a whole nother discussion we got to have, right? Then we got, then we got a whole, that, that opens a whole nother opportunity for us. But if you want to know how to evangelize with somebody, Jesus, Jesus. Evangelism has to be a part. Some people call it evangelism. Some people call it outreach. I know there's a bunch of different names we can call it. Regardless of what you call it, it's all the same. We're all trying to reach people, okay? We're trying to reach them. We want to evangelize to them. We don't, and, and listen, hey, hey, listen. We don't want to reach out to them because we want more tithe money. We're not reaching out to them because we want more people in the pews. Okay, that's not why we're reaching out to them. We're reaching out to them because we want Jesus to change their life. You say, well, maybe he already has. Well, great, come and be a part of us then. That's fine too. It says, and with great power gave the apostles witness. This is my, well, if you're going to make a, any kind of promise or resolution or whatever fancy word they've got. Now, if you were ever going to make one, this is the one to make. Okay, to, to evangelize more in 2023, to witness more in 2023. You may be here this morning, you may be fearful to do that, okay? 
But as verse 31 tells us, when you get filled with the Spirit, then in verse 33, then you can have the power. Right? And, and this, isn't a, this isn't a which comes first, the egg or the chicken. This isn't that discussion. Okay? The Bible's very clear. You have to be filled first. Then you get the power. Okay? So it does give us the order. We're not guessing on which one comes first. Well, maybe I get the power, then I get filled. No, no, no. You come, you get, you get filled up, you get fueled up, you get charged up, you get revived, and then you get the power. Some people think it's the opposite of that. Well, you know, I'm just going to get, the, the Lord's just going to give me the power, and then I'm going to go out and do it. No, 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 you got to get filled. You got to be filled first, right? Got to be filled. And I mentioned this earlier, you know, some people think that this evangelism, this outreach, they think that it is the sole responsibility of the pastor. They think it's a pastor's job. But one thing I love about Acts chapter 4, one thing I love about, as you see all through Acts, the early church growing and multiplying, literally, right? As we see those things, not one time will you notice in here that it says that one man did it all. It's just not there. It's just not there. Every time we see it, words like all are used, right? <clears throat> now I know there's, a, there's, a, there's a, uh, uh, a different account to be given for pastors. I understand that. I get all that. But what I'm saying is you can talk to that waitress down at the Mexican restaurant, just like I can. You can go to the library and talk to those people just like I can. You, you, you can go into vows and talk to them people just like I can, okay? You can go up here to Northside and talk to them people just like I can. See, I'm learning some places, right? I can throw those places out now, okay? A couple months ago, I'd have been like, huh, what, where, what, who? Listen, you can go and talk to those people just like I can, there, there, there's, there's nothing that gives me any more power in regards to this than you do. We get filled the same. We get filled the same. Now, some of us have a little bit more high octane than other people, okay? I get that, all right? But we all get filled. We all get filled the same way. We all get fueled up the same way. What if this is the year of evangelism? Church, I'd, and, and this is a rhetorical question. I don't want you to raise your hand. I just want you to think about this out loud. But when, when is the last time, or how long has it been since you've won someone to Jesus? Think about that. How long has it been since you personally have witnessed to someone and seen someone come to Jesus Christ with your help. When we think about it, puts it into perspective. Puts it into perspective for me. Listen, I, I, I understand I'm a pastor. I understand that's what I do. I get all that. But listen, even me, there's more I could do. There's more I could do. 
one of the, you know, I, I can sit here and tell you story after story after story after story of people I've witnessed to, people I've had the ability to be able to lead them to Christ, to show them in his word that he loves them. But you know, you know what story sticks out the most to me? There was a young man, I won't share his name because we're on social media, but there's a young man. I tell this story. Melissa has heard me tell this story a thousand times. There's a young man. I was, I was uh, playing in um, a rec league basketball. I was playing for this team. Uh, we were playing together, and, and there was a gentleman um, on my team that I knew I mean, I, listen, I, as sure as anything else, I knew the Lord put it on my heart to talk to that young man. I just knew it. I just, something in me said, if you don't talk to this young man about Jesus Christ, no one else will. And for some reason, I don't know why, I can't explain it, but I didn't do it. Flat out didn't do it. I knew the Lord was saying, hey, you need to talk to this man. You need to talk to him. You need to talk to him. I said, Lord, I'm trying to play. I'm just trying to hoop, you know. Lord, I'm just trying to play some basketball. Like, I, I you know, does it have to be about Jesus right now? I mean, we're, you know, selfishly, that's, that was my mentality. Don't y'all be looking at me all spiritual. <laughs> Come on now. Y'all are human too, and, and, and I just... I didn't do it. I didn't do it. And I tell you, after that day, I never saw that gentleman again. It wasn't that, it wasn't that he, you know, it, it wasn't that he died or anything of that nature. Literally, just our, our paths never crossed again. And out of all the people I've been able to lead, out of all the people I've been able to help, out of all the people I've been able to, 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 to assist, been able to talk to, he's the one I can't get off my mind. I've tried to track him down. I can't track him down. I've tried everything I could do possible other than get a private investigator. Uh, you know, I've tried everything I could do to get in touch with him. And uh, our paths are never crossed again. And I think about him often. I pray, I pray for him. I pray that the Lord sends somebody to him that had a little bit more courage than I had. And you say, well, geez, who hired this guy, right? I think we all probably have stories like that, every one of us. We have people missed opportunities, people that God's put right before us, and I mean on a silver platter, and just said, here you go. I've, put it, I've lined your paths together. I've put it on your heart. You know what you need to do. Listen, I've shared the gospel with some people. I don't even know what I said. I don't even know. You're like, you know, early on when I was just learning, you know, I was just, I was young in the faith and, 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 and I was scared to death. Somebody might ask me a question. Because I thought, they asked me a question. I'm not going to know what to say. That's okay too. You say, well, let, let, me, let me look into that. I'll get back with you. 
early on, I was like, sometimes I'd share with somebody, and by the time it would be done, I wouldn't have a clue what I even said. I just, I just hope I didn't say something crazy. Maybe this is the year of evangelism. Maybe this is the year of a personal testimony and a witness to those around you with a passion like never before. What if? Those two words, what if? Church, I want to close this morning. As we close today, as we go into a time of invitation, I just want to ask you another question. Instead of asking the question, what if, I want to ask you another question this morning. To each of those questions, why not? Why not? Why can't this be the year of revival? Why can't this be a year of evangelism for you? Why can't this be a year of new beginnings? Some people have the mentality, oh, it's just just a different day. Same old, same old. Why not? Why not this year? Why not today? Maybe you're here this morning, heads bowed, eyes closed. We're going to go into a time of invitation. Maybe you're here this morning and it's funny, we'll get on Facebook and we'll get on our little social media outlets and we'll proclaim to the whole world our resolutions for this year and the things that we're going to do different and the things that we're going to change in our lives. But I wonder this year... Maybe we need to come to an altar and pray this morning. Maybe we need to say, hey, 2023 is the year that I take my prayer back. Maybe 2023 is the year that I evangelize to somebody. Maybe 2023 is the year that I pray for revival in my family, in my church. So right now as playing softly this altar is open you come and do business with God right now but church I just want to ask you why not why not if 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 not today why not maybe you're here this morning maybe you're here today and as our altar is open maybe you are been praying about a decision that you need to make today what better day to, to, to make a decision for Jesus maybe you're here this morning you've never given your life to him Maybe you need to do that today.